0: This is episode 287 of The Sauces Factory, welcome! In this episode I talked to Ali Mortisi of Out of the Bit about their arcade racing game Super Arcade Racing, I know, rather cryptically titled, but it's a top down arcade racing game from old if you like, inspired by games like Crazy Cars and Crazy Cars 2, or is it Supercars? No, Super Cars, always get those two mixed up, much to my chagrin because Crazy Cars is a bad game. Supercars isn't. Don't make the same mistake I did. Anyway, uh, so we just hear me from six weeks ago talking to Ali about this really really fun arcade game, which I did actually stream on a prior episode of Rint Stream. So you can check that out on YouTube's. Yes, just look up Super Arcade Racing and voila, there it is. So enough of me babbling on. Let's uh, take it away with me from the past. Ali, Hello. Are you? Hello. Hi, Chris.
1: Who are you, and what do you do? Well, good question. So basically, I'm the founder and director of Out of the Bit, which is a gaming studio based in Wimbledon in London. Uh, I set up my studio in 2008, so it's been going for quite a long time now in terms of as far as, you know, games studio go. And uh, basically, yeah, I I started on my own and slowly, slowly expanded the company um, to do what we do now. Right. So 2008,
0: 12 years, that's quite (laughs) a long time. And, you know, 2008 is quite an auspicious period because that's just when the iPhone came out. Well, it's actually a year afterwards. Uh, and,
1: uh, yeah, good uh, point. Good point, actually. It's not, it's not by chances because I was working for other companies in London at the time. I moved from Italy in 2005 and I was working for other companies. And uh, when the, I always wanted to set up my own company. Uh, when the iPhone launched in 2007 and then they announced the app store, uh, and said they were going to open, you know, in 2008, I, you know, I thought that's a good chance for me, you know, to go independent, and uh, I don't need uh, complex stuff to set up see if I can just go publish my software in the app store, and that made things much simpler. Thankfully, the rest of the industry followed that model, which has got you know it's got pros and cons obviously, uh, but it did open the you know uh, a lot of options you know for for indie developers, which were not uh, available before.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. And and it, it definitely did a massive sea change. And I mean, I can ask my sort of the next question. We kind of sort of folded into that. But uh you know, how did you make yeah. it start making video games? You can go as far back as you like.
1: Yeah, let's go far, really far back. So when I was eight years old, I really wanted a computer. I really wanted one, and I I wanted a Commodore sixty four, to be honest. And was well, that the
0: big machine in my, Italy? I didn't know what the. I don't know what the it was very was. popular. Right. What was yeah, the machine it was quite of popular. Italy? Because Spain had the Spectrum, France had the yeah. Amstrad, so did Germany to a point. But what was Italy's uh, big computer yeah. at that time?
1: Italy, it was definitely Commodore 64, like- right? Right. Massively, mm. I never saw a Spectrum in my life in Italy, no, never no. ever.
0: Yeah, all the but other countries north of get...
1: Italy were just like wash with them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like it's weird. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, which is a good machine to begin with. To, to be fair, to the Spectrum, it's a great machine to begin with. And now we got Spectrum Next, and people are still coding on the Spectrum, which is great. Mm. But uh, not Spectrum in Italy, not not, not no, at all. all. So other I, other I was familiar that. with the oh, Commodore no, no. 64. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, so did you get one? Did you I get love that machine. No, gonna... I did not. I did not. Oh, <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I didn't get what. I got an Olivetti PC, which was really, I didn't know at the time, it was a BBC Micro right. rebranded by Olivetti. The, Olivetti was was finished. Now it was an Italian company, very popular. Unfortunately, it's gone down. Uh, and uh, they basically branded the BBC Micro, uh, and uh, that's what I had, and I loved it, absolutely loved it absolutely love that wonderful machine. machine to program uh, it came with a manual yeah it was lovely to program yes it came with that with a manual which will introduce you to computing and programming and that's how i learned i just went through the manual and uh, did you know copy the the programs and stuff into my computer and that's how i learned to program when i was eight also of course there was there were like magazines you could buy with with listings that you could Copy and put into your computer. And that's how you could learn to program at the time. I, I think it was, was a great start, uh, to be honest. In a way, computers were simpler and easier to, uh, to understand than what they are today. Even though the essence of the computer is still the same nowadays, there are more layers of uh, software and abstractions. So it's actually, I think in a way, it's actually harder to, to make a video game uh, today. Uh, in one way, at least understand the, the basic concepts. Uh, well, on the see, other at hand, least
0: actually, you, um, tools, uh, at least you yeah. have, to, have to learn assembly like you did back then. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah, that's a fair point, exactly. But yeah, yes. So there are pros and cons, certainly, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Uh, but there were fewer distractions as well. There was no internet. So you know you were bored to that and you would just uh, get a manual and read, uh, read it and, and learn. And I mean, that's how myself and many other people uh, started at the time. Uh, I think it was a good start. And also, of course, uh, with the BBC, I was exposed to a lot of British, really good British software at the time, like by superior software and lots of software houses. They did really, really good software to the good standard for the 8-bit. So in a way, that was my my inception uh, that led me to to come to UK, in a way, when I was young. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, I then moved to the Amiga, onto the Amiga after the, the BBC Micro, uh, you know, that was no software for you at some point. And I, I switched to the Amiga and, uh, yeah, the Amiga was, uh, I don't know, it was a, a great machine. I absolutely adored the Amiga. And uh, with the Amiga as well, there was a lot of really good software from from the UK, uh, great software houses such as, you know, Team 17, which is still going strong today. Still going. Still and, going. you know, yeah, still going great. They're great. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, Big My Brothers, a sensible software, you know, lots and lots of great companies. And, you know, I-, I used to read, I was a young kid. I used to read the magazine and, uh, and, and those magazine they have, they had like the diary, how, you know, they made, they made the games, uh, they were dev diaries and you could follow, um, uh, what they did, you know, to create a game well from the design to the finished product. I, I find it really fascinating. So, you know, I said, you know, that's what I want to do. And uh, I kind of went to engineering, uh, into computer science, computer engineering in Italy. And then at that point, I, you know, had a choice. But there, there is not a big market for video games in Italy in terms of software houses. Uh, so I decided to go to UK and apply for jobs and that's what I did. And, you know, like I said before, after a few years, I started my own company. I was lucky enough to be able to do so. Uh, because the market was at the right stage. And then, uh, I managed to be on the app store when it launched, the week that it launched. And that way, you know, I could uh, kind of ride the wave of expansion of mobile and, um, and, growing the you know, the customer base that really love our games and therefore promote even more new games to those customers, uh, uh, players. And we seem to have a good relationship with our, with our customers. And to, so to come to a more recent time now, we're trying to focus on, uh, we're coming back to that source So we're trying to, fo- uh, trying to focus on games, which are like 60 bit expired, expired uh such as uh, supercade racing and nexus supercade football as well Mm. uh so yeah that's what we're trying to do and uh, people seem to really really like uh, this kind of game because i think nowadays with the the 3d transition uh those games are a bit lost right there there are race respect games but uh uh most games are 3d which is fine but i like the simplicity and the look of uh standard definition pixel graphic games and I think we've got got a few nice ideas and and projects in the pipeline which I think people are going to love
0: yeah and the 2D renaissance is that right word to use probably you know we can cite dead cells we can cite uh, a game we've we've featured on this show called um, uh, demons uh, at the uh, you know Always the Demons. Uh, and that's... I don't remember the name of it now. But yes, uh, Hell is Other Demons. There you go. Hell is Other Demons. Um, don't know why I've forgotten. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful, wonderful game. Purely 2D. Not only that, but it's only got two colours. <laughs> it's just... And, uh, yeah. you know, um, Downwell started two colours. It does get more, but, you know, you've got to earn that. Um, but... Yeah. You know, and it's still... But they What you've done with Super Arcade Racing which we're going to talk about later, is taking yeah. the, the raw memory, almost, of what it used to be. I remember it, and it was like, yeah, the, the, these games totally look like that. They they, they didn't, really. They they can't <laughs> do the things that Super Arcade... No way. No way! And there's all sorts of reasons why. Uh, but you think, your memory thinks, oh, yeah, it look, look like yeah. this. No, no, it really didn't. Really yeah. Because did. uh, the, there's, there's all sorts of th- reasons why. But um, yeah, it's wonderful history. It's yeah, a I mean, you've got, you got you got a good point there. Yeah, yeah. it's it's this, it's just, a lot of it is about memory, and they're saying, "Oh, the games, the yeah. game plays the same." No, nope. no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. So, yeah, it's, you start playing, go, uh, "Oh, wait, why is it so reactive?" Yeah, isn't that a thing? <laughs> why is it moving so fast? Yeah. Why is it so fluid? Well, you know, you are using a computer that's probably 20, 30 times more powerful than what you used to. Like, oh, yeah. It's like Everything's all so sort of flowing and, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, you got a good point. And uh, there are many, many, many ways to, because it's like that. And one aspect is, like you say, it's the memory, how you remember playing the game, uh, certainly. And then also, nowadays, games are a bit different. So you can't really make a game which is as hard as, games used to be because people would just off a level and drop it. Yes. Uh, you can, you know, have difficulty but have a good progression and also there were things you simply couldn't do before because there was not enough memory. People no. tried, but, you know, it was very, very hard. So, uh well done to those developers who managed to release games yeah, and those yeah. uh, systems such constraints. Exactly. But in a way, uh, our games are uh, really pixel-based games. So what we are doing, we are not actually uh, doing 3D stuff and then rendering as 2D is actually, you know, everything is rendered as on a 2D standard definition matrix, basically a yeah, yeah. pixel. Yeah. So in a way, they're really pixel-based games. They're not. In fact, when they rotate, they rotate like a pixel-based game. They don't, you know, you see some 3D games where the sprites rotate and yeah, yeah, it's all, yeah. you know, strange. Uh, so <laughs> our games, and we got some advantage. So what's the advantage, Right our games are actually quite fast to load because they are actually pixel-based games and yeah. tiny compared to modern games. Right. But also, like I said, we can expand and put more stuff into those games because, you know, we've got more memory now. So yeah, yes. Why not?
0: Exactly. You've got, you know, the past, you know, at least 8 gigabytes. Many people got 16. But uh, it gets a bit ridiculous yeah. with some people like, wow. Yeah. They? So... Next question. I think you've already answered this one as well. Let's yeah. see. What is uh, out of the bit's biggest influence, do you think? What's the thing that influences you most okay. as a studio? What do you think
1: it is? Okay, good but that that has been evolving over the years. So when when I started the company, I made some classic games, such as you know, classic board games such as, you know, foreign arrow or or and um, crosses, that kind of stuff. Uh, because it was all new and modern on the touchscreen, right? It was exciting to play knots and crosses on a touchscreen. Yeah, 2008. could
0: was all sorts of weird and wonderful things uh, with it because it did, there was no pen and paper or rubbing
1: anything out. It did it all. It for was, you. Yeah. Yeah, just touch the screen and to see the screen react was magic. And now we are used to it. At the time, it was magic and new. And, uh, so that's how I started the company. And, you know, thanks to my Italian, you know, uh, uh, background, I was able to have a lot of classic Italian games, like games you play with cards normally. I ported those into the app store. Uh, those are classic games in Italian culture and I made them like available on, on your iPhone or Android phone for people to play. So that was the beginning of also a bit. So like trying to take those classic into, uh, modernize them. And as the company evolved, we wanted to to more original games, proper actual video games. And that's where the strategy came along. So our motto is modern classics, because we take the classics and we make them modern again in a way. So they're not exactly as you remember, they are modernized uh, and you got things, uh, new things like a leaderboard online and more uh, like achievement and more content because they are modernized. But in in essence, they are classics. So that's the vision of the company to answer your, your question, we make modern classics. And in this case, is you know arcade classic games.
0: Yeah. No, it makes absolute sense. And uh, I just wanted to, uh, to uh, yeah. get, uh, get a gist of what, what you was know, driving yeah. the company. And yeah, you as totally. And
1: to add, yeah, sure. And to add more to that, I think yes. something has been lost in the transition to uh, 3D. So, I remember we kind of reached the pinnacle of, of uh, 2D in the mid 90s, and then we had Doom, and then, every, you know, PlayStation, everything went 3D. And I think we lost something there. We lost, we lost beautiful art, like, like the one from Bit Brothers, and that kind of, that kind of games has been almost lost for a while. You couldn't just develop those kind of games. Even graphic adventures, such as Monkey Island, you know, that kind of game. Yeah, they was
0: went completely 3D lost. as well. Even, even Monkey Everyone Island went 3D. Went 3D. And, yeah.
1: You're right. And to be fair, I don't think it aged as well as the 2D one, uh, in no. my opinion. Early 2D no. did age as well. Um, so I think something's it's been lost there and, uh, there are not many companies around making actual 2D games in, you know, from scratch. Uh, so we are not using any engine or anything. We just make the game from scratch in C and, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, completely, and I think this has been lost a bit. And we want to take it back to, to you know, uh, to the market, to take back to the market these kind of simpler games and with hand drawn uh, pixel graphic, which I think there is some value to that. I just, yeah, I yeah. just, I just really love it, and I want to have more in the market. Um, so that, that's our mission.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, and of course, 3D did bring cool. about good things as well. It can't be denied uh And uh you know, yeah, totally. without, I mean, without it, we wouldn't have Dark Souls. Let's face it.
1: Yeah, okay. I play I play 3 games myself. I'm a big fan of uh, Zelda: Breath of the Wild, oh, the wow. new game from Nintendo. I don't know how long I played that game. <laughs> I love, it. you know, it's just a different kind of, you know, yeah, there's yeah, space yeah. for everything. But, but at yeah, the well, moment, yeah. the market is mostly 3D. So yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh but of course, that's a game that started on 2D and. uh kind of almost flows into it did ultimately uh flows into um my next question really is um, what developer do you most admire in the industry and
1: why uh okay uh nice question so uh, you know the names i mentioned uh back in the day um i remember there was uh uh, 17 i think was my uh beloved software house when I was, when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't wait for the next game that, uh, and, uh, you know, not every game was, uh, uh, the best, but no. certainly that, that amazing portfolio. And uh, I, I love them all, even the one that are less uh, popular, maybe. Mm-hmm. So they were certainly on my radar and uh, I, I love them as a companies. So I, I remember reading interviews and, uh, Knowing the name of the developers and everything, and uh, also, I mean, definitely Sensible. We, we got to, to name Sensible Software. What well, they did was really great, and I, I was sorry to see the company go. And I wish they were still around, uh, Sensible Software, as a brand and with their portfolio games. And I wish they could make new, new version of the the, the the games because they were really great. Absolutely, yeah, from from Commodore 64 to Amiga. Yeah, yeah. People are
0: trying to reinvent cannon fodder for years like no
1: yeah no, was, and they redid oh,
0: central so soccer yeah. over and over and the last one on the 360 yeah. they did was ultimately sadly broken they never got they could never bother to fix it and it's like come
1: on because you know it, yeah that's goalies, the last version yeah. I played I remember the 360 version yeah
0: it's fine but then the goalie just don't work it's just it's stupid mm. anyway well, um, yeah what are you
1: going to do
0: <laughs> but um, so so Okay well good roster of the time, you know Cygnosis I mean Cygnosis I mean, made lots of like grandstand games but they weren't a lot of them were yeah. terrible
1: <laughs> Yeah I, mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I used to, to show people their game because yeah. to impress them with my amiga like look what I, my amiga could do right yeah. but I wouldn't actually play yeah. those as much as you know uh, yeah. sensible or or beat brothers or you know teen 17 game yeah. Also, like again, Graffiti Adventure. I played yeah. a lot of Adventure from Lucasarts yeah. back in yeah. the day, and Gianna Jones and Monkey Island. Those I really liked as well. Cool.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the last question of the first half, um, yes. which is which is, and you have already made, answered a little bit already, but again, that's fine. What are you What are you playing right now? Okay,
1: what am I playing? Okay, I'm playing Prince of Persia on the Sega Mega Drive. Does it count? <laughs> Absolutely. So <laughs> I'm com- I've got that. And comparing and comparing yes. it with the Super Nintendo version because I got the Super Nintendo version the other day, which okay. has got extra levels and stuff. And comparing right. with the Mega Drive, so that's what I'm playing. Like today, what I play today at least. Right. Uh, I also love some indie games, such as right. uh, Towerfall, because it's a classic. Um, Multiplayer, like cop, you know, best, you know local like uh, gangs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really love that game. Uh, yeah, I, I play a lot of retro games, but I play also uh, games on my Nintendo Switch. Like I said, um, Zelda. Uh, I got the latest Donkey Kong on the Switch as well. Right.
0: Uh,
1: which yeah. I'm enjoying. Mario Maker. I'm playing a lot of Mario Maker on the Switch. I've. Um, yeah, so I really, uh... yeah, I really like the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah. I was going to
0: mention the switch. So, do you like this? Have you heard of the flip grip? Do you know what this is?
1: So no. basically,
0: the flip grip—it's amazing. It's a, it's a lump of plastic. I grant you, but basically, it allows you to <laughs> put the switch into a cradle that's vert—that's like um, portrait rather than landscape, and
1: okay. this
0: allows you to play old old K games like Galaxian and Pac Man, <laughs> and Donkey Kong Junior, and stuff in as it was originally
1: intended and brilliant so i got it's to check so this out yeah it's,
0: so it's just like you have this portable arcade machine in your hand with the it's not, it hasn't squished okay. the, the 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 image it actually rotates the image not all games support this probably about two dozen tops but the ones that do are so, typically arcade ports
1: yeah that's very clever i, lo- I love this stuff it's nice yeah
0: so, I, unfortunately, it's only available for the US, so you have to import it. Um, but uh, it's, it's an amazing, <laughs> amazing device. Highly recommend it. Uh, but, yeah, it does turn your... And I did I pho- took a photo of it uh, on, twi- on Twitter and said, this thing's amazing. Look, it's like a portable arcade machine. And people just lost their minds. Where did you get this from? What is this? Because it does, all it does is rotate the machine and allows you to clip the Joy-Cons either side. And turns it, your switch into a portrait mode rather than a landscape. That's all it does. There's no, there's no. Um, <laughs> how can I put it? There's no electronics inside it at all. It is all just hard plastic. Yeah, but it's S- just somehow. It's very clever. It's, it's just yeah, it's amazing. It, you know, it does mean that your joy cons aren't being charged, at least as far as I'm aware. So be aware of that. Yeah. You know, so there's you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's a thing. And nice. my controller also use the Hori controllers for my my switch, so I've got really they yeah. look like Xbox 360 controllers or Xbox One controllers yeah. if you like. And it's just it's very and there, and there's I don't think you get much drift on the on the actual touchpad. So mm. yeah, the Switch, one amazing platform, and also yeah. yeah the games you listed there, um, uh, big thumbs up. There's some there's some amazing titles which have featured on this show, uh, but for me my Switch has become the Animal Crossing machine. Um, ah yeah,
1: yeah so, i see did, uh, i didn't want to buy that because i'm so busy at the moment i, I said you know i'm not going to buy it no because no, in, yeah, uh, with, with the lockdown uh, what can go wrong with the game yeah, other. yeah i but do have uh, i need to help some people yeah going through the lockdown so that's, that's fantastic but I, I i was too busy <laughs> no, no i appreciate that good uh, if try. i buy it i know i'm going to be hooked yeah yeah
0: no, I, I respect difficult. the uh, self-control there. Well done. Um, yes. Cl- yes. Clearly, I lacked it. I did <laughs> have a game of it before it released at PAX East, so, uh, you know, that's my excuse. Uh. Like, oh, this is great. It's really yeah. hilarious. I'm going to get this because yeah. it's so much more... There's much more to it than the previous versions. They've done a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I love the Prince of Persia stuff. I've actually got a Mega CD version of Prince of Persia
1: yeah i know it looks different right Ooh, uh, but i haven't got a mega cd so I, I saw on youtube but it looks different for some reason from the mega drive version yeah so and
0: it sounds amazing because of course it does because yeah. of the spooling from the cd so uh yeah i'll have to give that a shot actually because i'm a big fan of prince of persia it's not that long yeah, a game yeah. either people think think it's longer than it is it's not it's not that
1: long no it's uh, not if you know yeah. what you're doing, you can rattle through it actually. So uh, yeah, there are amazing speed runs on the internet for yeah. you know, uh, on the which is funny to watch actually.
0: But it was the first find all the
1: shortcuts and stuff.
0: Yeah. It was the first game to have someone actually jumping properly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was the thing. Like, oh, that's how people True.
0: actually jump? Yeah. It is actually people actually jump. Exactly. Good. <laughs> right. Well. I think we've, 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 we've rifled through your 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 pasta and your inspirations and things, Ellie. So let's move on Brilliant. to the second half of the show, where we delve deep into super arcade racing. Fantastic. question we got a question and it's a request because we can't talk about super arcade racing until we know what it is so Ali in your own words please tell us what is super arcade racing
1: okay simple so if you love uh top-down racing games uh especially pixel based you know uh racing games uh such as you know the classic uh, of the time like trash rally you know I don't know overdrive on the Amiga and that kind of stuff, it's basically a top-down racer. So you race with your car, you, um, and uh, there are 60 levels or more, I can't spoil the game, and yeah, you have to race against uh, There is a single-player story uh, where you race uh, um, each level to basically unlock new parts of the story and complete the story, and then you can also play online or split-screen with your family on the on the Nintendo, well, sorry, on the Steam version, and in the future on some platform. <laughs> and also, the game is also available mobile on for iPhone and Android. So if you look Super K Racing, the game is free on mobile. Uh, you can watch ads, or you can just pay and unlock, you know, remove the ads and unlock all the content, or you can just pay on Steam and get the full game. So, like I said, it's a racing game. It's a classic racing game. Uh, Yes, um, yeah. but is it?
0: So, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, I, I did stream it last week uh, at the time of recording this show. If you look up episode eighty-one of
1: Canavent streams, I, I watched it. it. I watched your stream. You did. Afterwards. I couldn't watch it live. I couldn't watch it live. But I what? watched it. watch it all afterwards. Did I get the game? Did I? Did, did, did <laughs> I do uh, our
0: 2 park racing justice? Did I? Did I promote its existence enough for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very nice to watch. It was very it's for me it's amazing to watch someone else play the game. That you know, we spend so much time making and right. taking care of all the details and to notice that people actually uh pay attention and they notice those details. Like someone commented on the stream that you can hit a barrel of oil and then when you come back to it there is oil on the on the, yeah. on the yeah, yeah.
0: They like uh, that. floor and
1: then you can basically the, it yeah. can affect the car, and that is a detail that we took care of. And I'm very happy to see people that notice that. I don't know, yeah, it's just it, really rewarding it, to see got, people got, playing and commenting on the game. So yeah, fantastic.
0: We've got a good audience. They're yeah. very observant. They're yes. very observant.
1: Yes. Um, you were uh, very thorough. You went practice every before every level. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's
0: that's a, that's a wonderful <laughs> idea. And uh, I was going to include it in one of my questions, but it's just a thing that. You give the opportunity to the player to practice a track before go on it. I'm going to exploit that. I'm gonna, okay, <laughs> I'm going to just go around the track one time before I actually do the race. Um, but yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. Even even the boss fight, especially the boss fight. It's like, oh, I know, I'm going to go yeah. down here. Go down here. Make sure I do that jump. i to hit that jump. Okay, go down it's, just, it's what you do. I
1: mean, it's just, yeah. yeah
0: it's like doing a boss yeah. fight. In a, and
1: also practice yeah. for us, uh, uh, basically, like you said, you can practice uh, before every level, and if you practice, you can. The next time you practice, you can see your ghost, and you can yeah. try and beat your ghost. Yeah, and that, was, that's something I really like in this classic game. So we wanted to have it that, in Super wanted, Arcade as well.
0: I was going to do that. Yes, you can do that in Super Arcade It's lovely. It's a lovely you know, ghost yeah. sort of chase because you then improve and get yeah. better. Uh But I was going to do in exactly. The same, but I wanted to show more of the content, so I went with that. So, yeah. uh, first question, and it's one I've always wanted to ask someone who develops a top-down arcade racing game. I've been playing these yes. for nigh on forty years. The first <laughs> one—I'm not kidding—the first game I ever played of this type is a game called Auto Racing on the Intellivision. If you don't know, if you don't oh. know what it's like, just look it up. It exists. You'll blow your minds. It's like micro machines, but in 1979. So. Check it out. It does exist. Uh, So they've been going for a very long time. Also, even before then, if you think back to Sprint in 1976 for the arcade. Yes. It's been around for a very, very long time. Uh, But the difference with those is the the, the image is static. You just have the cars rolling around the track. So I just want to ask, um, how have you found optimising the position of the car relative to the road and location of it? When you're riding around in Super Arcade Racing, how have you found basically making sure that it doesn't, you don't f- throw the player too far up the track uh, without impinging their ability to predict or re- reduce speed or, or what have you? What, how have you found balancing that? Well, no, de- not balancing, yeah. developing that to making sure that it isn't still challenging but not a frustrating experience.
1: Yes, that took a lot of iteration. Like that, we iterated forever. And uh, what we did with racing, when we had the idea to do racing, we developed a prototype. So we took two weeks, uh, and we said, okay, let's do a prototype in two weeks. No matter what, we have to squeeze everything we can. And uh, he, um, basically doing the prototype is where the core of the game was developed. And the, the essence of the game was that we tried different uh, sizes for the road, different, you know, because with uh, 2D games, the camera really is fixed. It's not like you can zoom in and zoom out. So the camera is fixed. That's the resolution of the game. So you got to make sure you, you get the size of the road and the car, a relative size correct. That way the player has the time to react when they see, you know, the, the, the road is bending and stuff like that. So everything fits together nicely. And during the prototype, we, we tried lots of things until we found a good balance They work. And so As for the car, basically, then we had to uh, tune all the parameters in the car to make it not go too fast. And a lot of it is perception. So when we had few things uh, on the road and the game was pretty empty when we started, it felt like the car was slow. As soon as we added the extra stuff, like alongside the road, like lamppost and you know trash beans and stuff like that. Uh the car felt a much like a lot faster. It's because we had the reference, you know, the eyes that they were referenced the way it works. So it's, it's all perception. And so we had to adjust it to the, the speed of the car over and over again and the handling and everything. And plus in supercar racing we got a progression. So you start with a car but then you can change the car, both the look and the the the, um, uh, the items like the engine, you know, gears, the handling. You, you can improve your car. So we wanted to make sure the car was not too slow to begin with, but it could actually get faster, but not too fast at the end of the game. And that took a lot of iteration. So basically, to answer your question, we did, we did a lot of trial and error until we, we got the right, what, what we felt was right and we had other people trying the game, also people that never played the game, and uh, to, to get feedback, until we, we got it to a point that we think it was uh, the, the right balance.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I suspected that was the case. There's no easy way to do it. I mean, the, the most uh, famous yeah. one is probably Micro Machines, uh, as the one was yeah. the, the top-down racer that almost, I think pretty much got it right in the, in the early PlayStation uh, days. Um, they tried yeah. to re- recreate that game recently and it didn't go well. Unfortunately, it just didn't have the uh, soul. It was quite cold. Yeah, um, it's hard. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. sad really, but it just, they didn't quite capture it right. So, next question. There is a need in most racing games to stick to the racing line at all costs. If you don't, then you just, you know, it's not going to work. Why that is true to a point... In Super Arcade Racing, it doesn't appear to be critical. It's quite, it's quite um, not easy, but it's possible, I should say, that when you get hit back or you you fail to, you know, you you get knocked back two or three places down, the you know the basically get sort of you hit something. Uh, it's not the end of the race. You can still recover. Yeah. The game is designed in a way that you, you can still recover from a failure, which is really important. Why did you include? Why did you design it that way? I think I know why, but why? Why have you made it so that it's not? It's not Gran Turismo Seven or anything like that. It's not that yeah. sort of laser beam kind of. If you don't follow these line or be in the right speed at the right point, it's none of that. What? Why have you gone yeah. away with Super Arcade Racing?
1: Yeah, um, excellent question. It's absolutely spot on because that as well took a lot of uh, trial and error. And the reason, mainly, is this. Uh, back in the day, games were uh, quite short because they didn't have much memory. They couldn't do 60 levels. It was very hard. So they made everything very, very difficult. So had more play value. For us, actually in the game, uh, we wanted to uh, increase the difficulty slowly. So people will get used to the way the car reacts and the handling works. And one of the things we really spent time on was making sure the game was consistent. So the car should feel consistent. You should be able to predict what the car does if you play the game uh, a good amount. So uh, we didn't want any uh, unpredictability. So basically we wanted to make sure if you get used to the way the car wo- works, you could uh, get exactly what you wanted out of the car, like real cars, really. But obviously in the gaming form. And uh, so I think we achieved that. And at that point, we wanted to make sure you play long enough to get to that level of satisfaction and speed and acceleration, drifting, uh, to be able to compete in the later levels, which are actually quite hard. So what you said is correct, especially in the first part of the game. You can, uh, you know, uh, hit something and maybe then uh, uh, slow down a bit and then accelerate and still managed to win for a fraction of a second in the later levels like the last 10 levels or so it's actually really hard to do that you, you need oh, yeah. to upgrade your car and you need to drive well so yeah. it gets yeah. to a point where the game becomes really super arcade and which time, if you completely finish the game yeah. there are a few surprises and you know you will oh, find yeah. that it's actually it becomes really seriously arcade and Okay, it, it starts easy, but it gets to a really hard level, and you have to concentrate for, like, three minutes to finish the last race, for instance. So I think we, we, we tried to get the best of both worlds, but absolutely we wanted to have a, a game which was predictable and will give you satisfaction the way you, you could drive and handle the car.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, again, I don't want to spoil anything, that all sorts of things occur. You discover stuff because you did a thing, yes. and that's fun. Uh, and then that presents <laughs> a challenge to you, and that's really good. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... it's it, the, the, the difficulty rating and the gentle sort of curve of... It's, it's classic for modern game design. Classic for modern yeah. game design? Uh, typical, yeah. I should say, for modern yeah. game design. Uh, and they respect the player. They don't want to bash them over the head and say, here's you know, here's Castlevania version of... Uh, this, this is the NES version of Castlevania. Oh, sorry, no. Oh, ghouls and ghosts ghosts, goblins whatever one of yeah. the most notoriously difficult yeah, yeah. games ever made like here you go hey, just bash <laughs> you over the head for the next you know to suffer this like no no uh that, that, you don't do that anymore you don't have to do that anymore you, you can actually eke it out and people will get it and people will figure it out it's all about respecting the player so i yeah. want to talk about environmental hazards now um, sure. In Super Arcade Racing, these hazards appear on the side of the road in a variety of ways: logs falling in, um, mixers trucks unloading their their stuff or their 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 load onto the onto the road. Uh, avalanches is, is a common one too in the yeah. snow levels. Um, can you tell us? I mean, these both help and hinder the player because it can actually trigger them as you go past. And uh, the players or the, the cars behind you then get uh, engulfed. Uh, they don't get destroyed, but they yeah. get slowed. They slow down. How have these? How have you developed these? How did they come into play? Were they always been yeah. there, or is it something you added on later?
1: No, we we always wanted to have some kind of power up or down, like you know, turbo to accelerate, or maybe some mud where you slow down. That that was there in the prototype as well. Uh, but, you know, as we came up with the story and the progression for the game, we wanted to add more stuff and have more variety. And I have to say we had a lot of fun coming up with the, with the, um, all the environment and, the, you know, the things you can interact with, uh, you know, ramps where you jump and, you know, rivers and, you know, all sorts of stuff. It was really, really good fun to, once we had the solid, you know, base of the game, to actually come up with ideas and implement them. I have to say for 2d games from idea to actually implementation is not you know it can take one day to do something like we have an idea uh our uh, great artist you know design it and do the animation we'll put it in the game and try it. and one day we got you know a ramp where we can jump and and it was a lot of fun doing that and so we we uh play the game a lot as we were developing as as players because we really enjoy these kind of games. And so I think that helped for us to uh, come up with ideas. We say, okay, why don't we do this? And, uh, you know, and they interact with everything else and make sense in the world of the game. So what we did, we got, of course, we got a level editor, which is used internally. It's not available for people to use. But we had a lot of fun with this level editor because we can build really big, uh, tracks, um, so we got circus, uh, circuits, and we got also uh, like uh, some of the races are like from a point to another point, like A to B, and uh, they're very big. And we had a lot of fun uh, coming up with you know things that will uh, stop you or you know help you, and to put in the game through the lab editor. So it was very quick to have an idea and try. Some of them didn't work, other ideas worked first go. Most of them I have to say that, that they worked really well and we tried uh, with some tweaking, but it it was a lot of fun. It's like making video games is so good because it's like you create this world with its own rules, and then it starts living on its own, and you try, and then you add another stuff, and it's part of the world, and it connects with everything else. It's just a lot of fun. Mm. So, yeah, we just played the game and came up with ideas, basically.
0: Excellent. That's fantastic. So they evolved out of the game itself. That's wonderful. Yeah, the best, correct. Best kind of ideas. I'm going to talk about upgrades now. We've mentioned them already, and they do help the player quite a lot um, as they progress through. But um, yeah, they can't rely on them entirely, can they? Um, I just want to ask you: in order to remain competitive in a race, a player yes needs to, you know, upgrade their car. Really, um, it's possible to go. I mean, one of the stream uh, the, the audience in the stream said that when they Play games like this; they actually avoid getting upgrades into the last moment when they feel they really need them. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's one way to play it. I don't actually do that. I do it as soon as I can afford one. I I bought one because you... <laughs> that's how I sort of do <laughs> the progression. But you know, the both ways are valid, of course. Um, yes. But how have you found the you know massaging the aspect, the impact of the upgrades versus the abilities the players? required players ability to, to actually race properly and
1: actually be competitive yeah
0: how have you found balance yeah there was a, in the supercade racing
1: yeah totally there was a struggle it was one of the things we were worried about because okay it's like we want to satisfy you know players that know what to do they know how to drive and actually play that they need some time to get better right because people do get better we've done a lot of testing uh with people never played they never play video games even before and you start that you can't control the car when it goes the other you know it goes down up from, from up to down and then after a few races they can actually drive really well so we wanted to uh make sure the game would work for uh those two extreme and uh that was very tricky and uh, again like i said we did the uh, uh this nice progression, we've got 6-11, so there is a nice progression, but also we wanted to give some challenge to players which were really good, so we do things such as, if we see that you're really good, so let's say you play level 1, right, so uh, if you play level 1 and uh, maybe you're really good at driving, uh, we make sure you're not uh, alone on the race, because that would be boring, right, you need to have some pressure. So we make sure there is at least one or two cars that actually manage to catch up. You know, they drive better. So go start the AI uh, for the cars that are controlled by the artificial intelligence, right? And they can get better. If they're losing, they get better. And for us, we justify this. Uh, it's like in the, you know, in real life, if you're behind in a race, you, you know, you risk, right? You risk, you take some risk to, to try and catch up. And that's what they do. So they, do apply some pressure. So if you're really good, you still have pressure from the AI. If you're not so good, the AI will not go faster than a certain speed if it's in front of you. So they got their own, you know, their own speed and their own, their own, st- their own statistics. And in the earlier level, uh, you know, they, they won't, they won't completely crush you. There is like a baseline. Okay. okay. So you, you, you can still see some cards. And plus we put like not one or two cards like many old games. We put four cars so we can make sure, you know, the third one is a lot slower. So you see that one forward and so, okay, I see the other car. I can, I can catch up with the third, with, you know, the third car. And also because system never game so that you can actually progress even if you're third. If you're fourth, you cannot progress. But if you're third, got one star in the level, and you can still unlock the next level and unlock the story. And, of course, you can go back as you get better and try to have three stars on the level. So that's how we have players that are not so good. If you're really great, you know, you still have some pressure, and you get three stars, and you can go fast in the game. But at some point, the game will get harder, and you need to, you know, to stay focused, and concentrate and drive well. You would not be able to finish the game just with the upgrades. You need to drive well. Uh, you will not be able to finish the game if you don't put, you know, if you don't, uh, uh put a good effort, basically. There is a certain threshold. So there is a ch- certain challenge anyway, but you can certainly progress with the story with one star on each level, your third, and then come back and improve. So that's how we solve the problem.
0: Yeah, and it's really, really elegantly done. So well done for that. Um, I think right, it, uh,
1: it does reward
0: the player through, through their skill. And it's definitely it's just quite it's quite blunt and uh, obvious, and that's good. It should be. It shouldn't be subtle. It should be yeah. in your face and say, right. "Well done, you are competent at this game." And then to the point where, "Well done, you're very good at this game." And it, the Super Arcade Racing does a really good job of uh, feeding back to the player how well they're doing. So well done with that.
1: Oh, cheers! Yeah.
0: So yes, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think it's a nice to Players, yeah, yeah, be nice to players. Yeah, well, what's what's so hard? <laughs> come on. <laughs> so by Cade racing, uh, yeah. by out of the bit, I have to ask. I think you hinted at this earlier. Where what, what did the name of the uh, studio come from?
1: The company come from? Out of the bit. Okay, no. Yeah. Uh, I haven't even before. Well, we were um, kind of thinking about, you know, when you think out of the box or ah. something comes out of the blue. So it's that kind of, you know, it's out of the box, out of the blue, it's out of the beat because at the end of the day, everything is, you know, in beat, yeah, know, yeah. a beat it's a uh, in, bit, yeah, yeah. in computers. So that's a, name. it's a bit of a mouthful. I would, I would pick a different name
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: if I were to choose again. But you know, I, I, with names, you get, you get attached to names and you make, yeah. they make sense after sometimes. So. Out of the beat it is. Yeah. Super Arcade Racing then
0: is out now on Windows PC, uh, iOS and Android. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. Correct, um, yes. uh, And uh, I understand other platforms are planned, but for now, the, that's what we... At uh, the time of recording. Yes,
1: very shortly. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. hopefully very, very shortly. Short. Yeah. Cross fingers, <laughs> but
0: I can't, we can't reveal them yet. And we won't. Uh, yeah, by yeah. the time this show rolls around, it may be revealed. Who knows? But... <laughs> Ali, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Been a fantastic guest. Thank you very much.
1: Oh, oh thanks to you. It's great. It was great to be here with you. Thanks, uh, anytime. If, you know, yeah, well, I want to have another chat. I'm very happy.
0: Absolutely. And I have week. to
1: give credits to the be, be, Before I finish, I have to give credits to the rest of the team because they did a fantastic job. Uh, mm. Gaspar did the level design of all the levels, help with the story. Level editor, you know, we got in the you can look at the credits for all the names, but absolutely, Dave did the graphic, Simon did the music mm. uh, I think he did an excellent job with the music, all synth music, which is uh created like, with kind of a tracker system in the game, so it's actually played by the game, it's not mp3s, that's why the game is so small, it's only like 50 megabytes because all the music is there mm. so I want to give credit to the rest of the team, uh, Rosalia for public relation, you know Uh, Roberto for the UI and the graphics. So, you know, it was a team effort. I did the programming, you know, the, the core idea, but it was a team effort from everyone and we really enjoyed working this game. We're now working Supercade football, which we plan to finish um, in the next few months.
0: Okay. Wow. Because you've been on, you know, after the bit, has been on the show before, uh, quite some time ago, but uh, Yes uh, the Super Arcade Soccer, I think it was, and uh, a fantastic game. And uh, you've done it again with Super Arcade Racing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, again, Ali, you, you, thanks for coming uh, on the show. And uh, you're more than welcome to come back and chat about something else yeah. that you're working on, as well, you will be revealed. Cheers. Thank yeah. you. So
1: thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, please Cheers.
0: You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Canaan and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website caneandrinse.com.